Students, are you happy it's uh, spring break? No? Huh? Hindi na? My uh, school schedule is still uh, based on the Philippines, I guess. How are you all doing this morning? Thank you for praying for me. As you can see, I'm back. It was, uh, thank you, thank you. You will not believe what God did while I was there. Uh, I left Feb 27. I got there on the 28th. Uh, Joel, can you uh, turn off everything except except me? There you are. Can you? I think. Uh, just take care of it if it's too weak or too loud over here. Thank you. I got there on the 28th. I got called to the principal's office, the senior pastor, on the 1st, okay? And then I flew to the province on March the 3rd, flew back to Manila March the 5th. That was a Sunday. My son and I and my daughter-in-law, we went to service at CCF Maine. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, I was practically on house arrest. I was waiting for a message, a text, that the appointment back in the province was set. So I didn't do much. By Tuesday, I was thinking, okay, if I don't get a text message by lunch, it means it's not pushing through because there are only two flights, one at 10.40, the other one at 1 o'clock. So that was the only time that I could communicate with other people from the church who wanted to meet up with me. And I was able to meet indeed with some people. Praise God for that. And then by God's wisdom, I said, I think I should change my flight. So you know when you change your flight, guess what? You pay extra. So I went online. I said, I'm going to move my return flight instead of March 14. I'm going to move it to March 15, just in case this appointment pushes through. So I go online. I won't tell you the airline because you might uh, also buy from there. So I changed exact same time of departure, everything the same except the date. Amount due, zero. I, so I tried to book. Error. <laughs> I try again. Zero. Error. Cannot complete. So I called the airline. I said, I'm trying to do this. and they, Oh, so, uh, sorry, Mr. Nolan. Uh, over here in the Philippines, the website won't allow it. So what do you want to do? I said, I want to move my flight to the 15th. I said on the website, it says, I don't pay anything. That is correct, sir. You are now booked to leave March 15. You know, because I was waiting, I actually had a suitcase in the back of my son's car. When we would go out, I have a suitcase. Just in case my brother-in-law would text, appointment is set. We fly out tomorrow, right? Sunday, I believe it was. No, actually Monday morning. My brother-in-law sends me a text message. Are you game? We fly to the province, no appointment. Let's just try. I said, my suitcase has been, <laughs> been ready since Tuesday. He books a flight. We arrive Monday afternoon, Tuesday morning. No appointment, no nothing. I walk into the office. This office is a lawyer's office. This lawyer has made it his goal in life to sue my brother. And I was there because my brother is retiring and we have a new management team coming and we just wanted you know, a fresh start. So I didn't know if he was going to be there. I knock, I come in, there are like four or five people. The lady to my right says, 
may I help you? I said, I'm here to see attorney so-and-so. Oh, he's right there. So he turns. Hi, I'm attorney so-and-so. Long story short, it was a very pleasant meeting. He said, it's good that you do not have the genes of your brother. <laughs> That's fine. Long story short, I was able to meet with my brother's family. I was able to meet with the politician who was also mad at my brother and my family. We was also able to meet with our employees. I was able to meet with this attorney. And somehow or another, I was missing one. But then we have someone who will intercede on our behalf. So all in all, it was a good trip. My brother to whom I remember I shared with you last November, I also went home, I shared with him. And he could not believe. He could not believe that the meeting with the politician was okay, the meeting with the attorney was okay. You're able to see him? Wow! You see, last November I told him, I choose to go the road of humility because God is opposed to the proud but he gives grace to the humble. I have experienced God's grace time and time again and I encourage all of you, come, taste, and see that the Lord is good. Amen. You will not be able to taste the goodness of the Lord unless you take that step of faith. Trust God. And then you will see how he moves. Amen? Amen. As we always do every week, we want to greet uh, some of our members who are celebrating milestones this coming week. Our brother Tony Ong on the 27th. I believe that is what? Is that today? No. It's when? Tomorrow. I think I'm still on daylight saving time or something. Daddy Pertioko, tomorrow. Our uh, brother Bogi Cabrera on the 31st. And our uh, brother George Lanusga on April the 1st. So brother George has told me because his birthday is April 1 that you are all invited to pray for him. Now, I'm calling on all the women. I have good news for you. We are embarking on a women to women fellowship here at CCFLA. Are you excited? We are targeting May 20. And aloha. I have to read the script. Aloha. Calling on all beautiful ladies. CCFLA's women's ministry is about to launch a series of events that is especially designed for women. Mark your calendars this May 20. More details are coming your way in the upcoming Sundays. So please stay tuned. Alright? We want every one of us to be actively engaged in the ministry of evangelism and discipleship. Our youth have their own thing. We older ones have our own thing. The women have their own thing as well. We are going to use anyone and everyone so that we can bring the gospel out, right? It's good news. Who doesn't want good news, right? Now, if you're going to give them bad news, don't count me in, okay? Bring me into the good news, right? So pray for this, May 20, Women to Women Fellowship. This morning, we continue on our study on the book of Exodus, and we are on We've showed this to you, the breakdown, more or less, of the book of Exodus. The, Egyptian, the uh, Israelites were in bondage in Egypt from chapters 1 through 6. They were delivered by God, and the whole process of deliverance until the crossing of the Red Sea from Exodus 7 to 19, uh, to 15, and then the process of sanctification from chapter 16 all the way through chapter 40. Now, we took a little break uh, last week because we, have a, we had a guest. He is my boss. He is a Pastor Jim Welchill. He is the head of international missions for CCF Maine. 
And how many of you were blessed by that message? Were you blessed? It's the gospel. It's good news. And the good news is supposed to set us free. Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 tells us, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. God wants you to know that there is the free gift of eternal life. And just like any other gift, you have to respond. You have to respond to it. If I give you something, isn't that for you? Yes? But if you leave it at the table, it doesn't become yours. You have to take that step of faith and receive it and claim it to be yours. That's why the Bible in 1 Corinthians 15, which Pastor Jim alluded to, by this gospel you are saved. How? If you receive it. By this gospel you are saved if you cling to it. See? So you have to hear and you have to act. Because if you don't act, you just heard. It is of no effect to you. But if you respond in faith, then the gospel becomes real to you. And the free gift of eternal life becomes yours forever. Amen? Now, in the process of sanctification, in Exodus 19 and 20, we read that God gave the Israelites the Ten Commandments, right? So let's all stand and read these verses beginning in Exodus chapter 20, beginning with verse 1. I wanted us to read so that we could be refreshed at what the Ten Commandments are. Let's all read. Verse 1, then... The house of slavery. Or any likeness of what is in heaven, above, or on the earth, beneath, or in the water under the earth. You shall not worship them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children, on the third and fourth generations of those who hate me but showing loving kindness to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain, for the Lord will not leave him unpunished who takes his name in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but on the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord your God. In it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, or your male serv servant, or your cattle, or your sojourner who stays with you. For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy. Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Let's pray. God, as we look to your word this morning, as we can continue to study the book of Exodus and what you have commanded us, Father, we pray that your word will find open hearts and minds, that we will receive your word, that we will persevere through your word, Lord God, and that we will bear fruit and obedience. Be pleased to speak with all of us, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Ten Commandments. Exodus 20, verse 1. Then the Lord spoke all these words, saying, I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. How did God begin to give us the Ten Commandments? Verse 1 and verse 2. How? 
before giving us what to do, he tells us who it is that is telling us what to do. He said, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. God promised Abraham that he would be a father of a great nation. But this nation, this people will be enslaved for 400 years. But then he would liberate them and bring them to a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. So before giving us his instructions, he first reminds us who he is. How this God is reaching out to this people because he, by his own sovereignty, released them from bondage. What did he do? See, rules without relationship results in rebellion. If you do not have a good relationship between you and your spouse, you will have a different kind of fireworks. Not the fireworks when you saw each other and you were goo-goo eyes. <laughs> if you do not have a good relationship between parents and children, it's the same thing. If you do not have good relationship between you and your boss, it's the same thing. If you do not have good relationship with your fellow worshipers, it's the same thing. But if you have good relationship, when rules are introduced, you will not rebel. You will accept it. Why? Because you know that you have a good relationship with this person. So God is reminding the Israelites and he is reminding us. He is the God who saves. He saved us not because we are deserving. He saved us because of his grace. And now because he has saved us, he is giving us the commandments, the rules by which we must live by. But if you do not have a good relationship with God, if you have never had established a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, when you look at the Ten Commandments, wow, I cannot do this, I cannot do that. This is so restrictive. But I have my free will. Why can I not do this? Why cannot I do that? God is a cosmic killjoy. But if I know how much God loves me, that he sent his one and only begotten son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to die and pay for all of my sins, I would gladly obey. Because rules without relationship result in rebellion. So he first establishes who he is. He reminds his own people, I am the God who brought you out, out of my volition. Because of who I am, I brought you out of slavery. And my promise to you is I will give you a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Now here are the rules. Here are the life lessons. Here are the guides that I want you to live by. And what is number one? Do you know of any king, of any earthly ruler, whose number one command, love me? We're seeing a transition in the politics here in the U.S., right? What's going on here and in the Philippines too is whatever the past administration had implemented, they are now being reversed. Yes? Because they're the ones in power. But God, who has all power, says, my first command to you, love me. With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your might. That's the kind of authority I would like to submit to you. Because he tells me, just love me. 
And your love for God will allow you to follow everything else. But if you don't love God, you will not follow the rest of the commandments. You see, when Jesus came to this earth, and you know, their religion was so ingrained already. This is what happened in Matthew 22. When the Pharisees heard that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, they gathered themselves together. One of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him. So this lawyer did not really pose a question because he wanted the answer, right? He posed the question because he wanted to test Jesus Christ. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus answered, and he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest and foremost commandment. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend the whole law and prophets. So if you want to filter down, you want to narrow what it is you and I should obey as disciples, followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, love God, love one another. If you love God, you will have no other gods before Him. You will honor the Sabbath. You will not take the name of the Lord our God in vain if you love God. And then, he says, the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And did you not catch that when we read? Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not covet your neighbor's good. Do not covet your neighbor's wife. That's loving one another. Right? So basically, if, we, we, if I split it in two, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. That pertains to the first, the second, the third, and the fourth commandment. They all pertain to God. The second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So you will have the fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, and tenth commandment. And what? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? Now, what does this have to do with me now? Why does God need to give me commandments? Look, John 15, 10 and 11. If you keep my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Did Jesus model obedience to the will of God? Yes or no? Yes. Yes. So, as he modeled obedience to God the Father, he is asking us to obey out of love. Yes? Look at the direct correlation. If you obey my commandments, you abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. So, what is your motivation to obey God? Love. It should be love. If you love me, you will obey my commands, Jesus Christ said. Now, look at verse 11. These things I have written, these things I have spoken to you, so that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be what? Made full. What do you think the title of my message this morning is? Obey with joy. Jesus Christ obeyed. And he obeyed even to the point of death. But the book of Hebrews tells us, Whom for the joy set before him endured the cross. Now obeying with joy doesn't necessarily mean it's always going to be pleasant. But it is your attitude towards that obedience. Because remember, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy. You cannot do it on your own. 
You need the Holy Spirit to produce this. So my message for all of us this morning is obey with joy. And the fifth commandment, if you will allow me, is the transition commandment. He says, honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord your God gives you. The six, seven, eight, nine, and ten are the do nots. Do not do this, do not do that, do not do this, do that, do that. Here is a command. Honor your father and your mother that your days may be prolonged in the land which the Lord God gives you. I'll show you in a little while the direct correlation between honoring your parents and living a long life. But allow me to define for all of us what honor is. Honor. The figurative meaning, however, is far more common. To give weight to someone. To honor someone then is to give weight or to grant a person a position of respect and even authority in one's life. A person grants honor most frequently on the basis of position, status, wealth, but it can and should also be granted on the basis of character. While honor is an internal attitude of respect, courtesy, and reverence, it should be accompanied by appropriate attention or even obedience. Honor, without such action, is incomplete. It is lip service. God the Father, for example, is honored when people do the things that please Him. Parents are honored through the obedience of their children. When you obey with joy, you obey with honor. Sit down. Did he sit down? Yes or no? Did he do it with honor? Did he do it with joy? No. But he obeyed. Externally, he obeyed. But internally, he's still rebelling. You know this story, right? The mom said to the boy, sit down. No. You better sit down. If you do not sit down, you're going to be in more trouble than you already are. She sits down, and he tells the mom, but inside, I'm standing up. <laughs> Look, it should be accompanied by appropriate attention or even obedience. Honor without such action is incomplete. It is lip service. Externally, you're following God. Internally, you're fighting with Him. That's not obeying with joy. That's not honoring God. Now we read, honor your father and your mother so that your days might be prolonged. So are we limited to just honoring our parents? Well, let me show you. By all means, this is not exhaustive. Who are we to honor? God, Joshua 7, 19. Parents, Exodus 20, verse 12. Wives, submit with respect. Therefore, submit with honor. First Peter 3 7. Honor your wife. Live with her as the weaker vessel. Wife, submit to your husband with respect. Authorities, be in subjection to all. Earthly authorities. Why? God put them there. We are to honor everyone. And of course, we are also to honor our leaders at church. So don't limit your honor to, oh, the Bible says only honor your parents. I didn't even include it here. But the book of Hebrews tells us, honor the marriage bed and keep it pure. Honor, respect, reverence. Give credit where credit is due. When my children obey, I'm pleased. I see them obeying. That pleases me. Well, I told you that we will share with you the direct connection between honoring your parents and living a long life. In Deuteronomy, the same thing. 
the second giving of the law. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord God has commanded you that your days may be prolonged, that it may go well with you in the land which the Lord your God gives you. You see it? There is a direct correlation with children obeying parents and the lives of the children being long and prosperous. In Ephesians, children, Paul writes, Obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. What's the promise? That your life may be prolonged in the land that I will give you. God is giving children their marching orders when they go into that good and spacious land. Now, is God serious? He says, honor your father and your mother so that your life may be prolonged. Do you think God is serious about that? May I share with you? So that it may go well with you and that you may enjoy a long life on earth. You want a long life? Young people? Yes. Eat pancit. Eat noodles. They say noodles is long life, right? Hey, is God serious? He who strikes his father or his mother shall what? Have you ever slapped? hit your parent if we are going to follow this today we might not have a population problem <laughs> praise be to God that we don't live under these rules anymore because the grace of Jesus Christ has come he who curses his father where that go he who curses his father or his mother shall surely be put to death. Hmm. But pastor, I didn't hit her. I didn't hit him. I only curse him. Same thing. God is serious about his commands. Now why the long life? Deuteronomy 21. If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son, okay, not only the boys, okay, I'm going to put, it means children, okay? If a man has a stubborn and rebellious son who will not obey his father or his mother when they chastise him, he will not even listen to them, then his father and mother shall seize him and bring him out to the elders of his city at the gateway of his hometown. They shall say to the elders of the city, This son of ours is stubborn and rebellious. He will not obey us. He is a glutton and a drunkard. Then all the men of his city shall stone him to death. So you shall remove the evil from your midst, and all Israel will hear of it and fear. Honor your father and mother so that your life may be prolonged because in their time if the parents gave up on this rebellious insubordinate drunkard and glutton what were they allowed to do during that time <laughs> this rebellious son of mine he does not obey. He has never obeyed. And here he is. We have given up on him. And what are they going to do? He will have a very short life. They will stone him to death. Again, God, I praise you that we don't follow this anymore. I rebelled against my dad. We lived in the same house. We did not speak to each other for 10 months. I was uh, deported to the bathhouse across the swimming pool. So I, when I would hear his car coming in, I would go to the bathhouse. 
Then in the morning, I would look through the curtain. Oh, his car is still there. I'm not going to go out. When I see his car leave the house, that's the only time I would go out. I rebelled. If I tell you the whole story, you know I'm at fault, but because of pride. I wasn't a believer yet, so I was full of pride. I rebelled against my father. My father who provided for everything. I rebelled against him. Honor your father and your mother so that your life may be prolonged. Paul writes, honor your father and mother because this is the first commandment with a promise. And that promise is a long and fruitful life based on our honoring our parents. Now, it's not all bad. Okay, what does the Bible say when I do honor my parents? Jeremiah 35. Then Jeremiah said to the house of the Rechabites, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed the commandment of Jonadab, your father, kept all his commandments, and done according to all that he commanded you, Therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, Jonadab, the son of Rechab, shall not lack a man to stand before me always. Is there blessing in obedience? Yes. Is there blessing in, in following the command of God? Honor your father and your mother. Yes. Jonadab obeyed. Jonadab honored his father. And what was his blessing? There shall, there shall always be a man standing before me. Your line, your lineage will continue. There's blessing in obedience. Jonadab honored and God blessed him. Now, those of us who already have grandchildren, look at this. Proverbs 17 verse 6, Grandchildren are the crown of old men and the glory of sons is their fathers. I do not yet have a grandchild. I'm sure my wife is waiting so that she can have an apostolic ministry. <laughs> you know, for those of you who do not understand, in Tagalog, in the Filipino language, apo, A-P-O, is grandchild. So apostolic ministry is you're now taking care of the grandchild. But we do not have a grandchild yet. That's fine. I know that in due time it will happen for children are a gift from the Lord. The fruit of the womb is a reward. So it will happen. Grandchildren are the crown of old men and the glory of, the, of, of sons is in their fathers. You see, while honor is an internal attitude of respect, courtesy, and reverence, it should be accompanied by appropriate attention or even obedience. Honor without such action is incomplete. It is lip service. You keep on saying you honor your father. You keep on saying you honor your, your mother. But your actions belie your statement. Lip service. Isaiah 29, then the Lord said, Because these people draw near with their words and honor me with their lips, but they remove their hearts far from me, and their reverence of me consists of tradition learned by rote. Do you see the two words there? Lip service versus reverence. They're there, but their heart is not there. We can be guilty of this even right now. You're there, sitting in the chairs, comfortable, air-conditioned. You are physically at worship. But where is your heart this morning? Where is it? I don't know. But God knows that we might be here Paying lip service. Oh, God, present. Okay? I'm present. 
52 out of 52 Sundays, I am present, God. Okay? Perfect attendance. Okay? So don't mess with me. Because come Sundays, I'm there. I obey the Sabbath. But their heart is far removed. His lip service. Here is another example. Maybe familiar to many of us. Malachi. Some of them pronounce this as Malachi. <laughs> they say that this is the only Italian book in the Bible. <laughs> Malachi. Okay, Malachi. Look at verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. Then, if I am a father, where's my honor? And if I am a master, where's my respect? You see, honor, respect, reverence, they're interchangeable. Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priest who despise my name, but you say, how have we despised your name? God says, you are presenting defiled food upon my altar. But you say, how have we defiled you? In that you say, the table of the Lord is to be despised. But when you present the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? When you present the lame and sick, is it not evil? Why not offer it to your governor? Would he be pleased with you? Or would he receive you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts. But now, will you not entreat God's favor that he may be gracious to us? With such an offering on your part, will he receive any of you kindly? Says the Lord of hosts. Oh, that there were one among you who would shut the gates that you might not uselessly kindle fire on my altar. I'm, I am not pleased with you, says the Lord of hosts, nor will I accept an offering from you. Many of us come to Sunday service expecting to get from God. Worship is to give to God. And look at, this is God. These people were offering, bringing their offerings to the altar. But what kind of offerings? Blind, lame, sick animals. We read in Exodus, remember the Passover? Take for yourself a lamb, one year old, without blemish, perfect. And this is your Passover lamb. And here, these priests are offering leftovers. Blind, blame, sick animals. God even challenges them. Try to give that to your governors. Will they be happy? Will they accept it? Yet you think, I, God, I'm going to accept such offering. I will not accept an offering from you if that's what you're going to give. But as the song sang this morning, I give you my heart. Because a broken and contrite heart, O oh God, you will not despise. You want to give God something that definitely He will accept? Give God a broken and contrite heart. Give God your all. Don't give Him your leftovers. Because by giving him your leftovers, you profane the altar of the Lord. Honor God by giving him your best. Honor God by honoring your parents. Honor God by honoring each other. It continues. But you are profaning it in that you say the table of the Lord is defiled. And as for you, its fruit, its food is despised. You also say, how tiresome it is. And you're disdainfully sniff at it, says the Lord of hosts. And, and you bring what is taken from robbery and what is lame or sick. So you bring the offering 
Should I receive that from your hands, says the Lord? Oh. Let's go now. It'll be late for worship. Oh, the 710 is close. The 605 is only one lane. Let's go back to bed na lang. God will understand. There's a lot of people worshiping Him anyway. He doesn't need us. Friends, I know. You can ask my wife. Before I understood how much God really loves me, all of them are already up and about, ready for church. Oh, uh, yeah, that, uh, who, who's preaching? Pastor Long. Oh, very long again. <laughs> no, really, that was really his name, Pastor Long, Pastor Jim Long. Uh, let's not go to worship. It's so far, and Pastor Long, you know, he preaches very long. No, 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 please, no. So I have a, sh- yeah, thank you. He says I'm pastor short. <laughs> My brother really loves me. <laughs> he speaks the truth in love. Okay. But when I understood, when God opened my eyes, when God opened my heart, hey, we should wake up early, especially on Sunday. If I wake up early for golf, if I wake up early for my personal appointments, I should wake up early for the Lord. And I should come prepared. I should be here. What time is service? 9.30. I should be here before 9.30. It's not I'm just coming through those doors at 9.30. It's good we don't start exactly at 9.30. Huh? <laughs> you have five minutes. See, don't give God your leftovers. It does not honor God. Don't obey out of lip service. Oh, huh? I obeyed, huh? That's not honoring. Oh, God, I put my tithe in the box, huh? I'm not going to buy my makeup because I put it in the tithe box. I'm not going to change my iPhone 7 to the iPhone 8 because I put it in the tithe box. You register it in heaven, okay? What does God, through the Apostle Paul, tell us? At the beginning of the week, set aside your tithe so that when the collection comes, you're not going to, oh, wait a minute. Am I going to give the whole tithe? Maybe half now, half later. Oh, there's a sale. So maybe I'll put it later, etc., etc. You decide in your heart what you will give. Why? For the Lord desires a cheerful giver. When you give, Give with love. When you give, give to honor the Lord. Your giving goes to the work of this ministry. So whatever you put there, whatever you give there, should be out of a grateful heart. Tiresome. Is there no church that's only 5%? Why do we have to give 10%? What are they doing with my tithes anyway? If I'm giving my tithes, why are they still raising money for the retreats and pay asking money for the, the outreach? What is this? Who are you giving your tithes to? Sisea? Who? God. The Lord loves a cheerful giver. That's why parents teach your children to tithe. While they are young. Why? If you give them an allowance of $10, how much is their tithe? $1. No problem. $1. If your allowance is $50, it's five bucks. That's a coffee in Starbucks. Right? If your allowance is $500, how much is your tithe? See, still one. See there? Uh, what is your grade in mathematics, my friend? See, if you learn, if you learn to start small, when God blesses you, 
with a lot. You won't even question, you won't even bother. You won't even second guess. If I made 100,000, 10% of that is 10,000, it goes to the Lord. No ifs, no buts, no second thoughts. That is the Lord's. Why? Because I want to honor God. I want to show how much I appreciate God for blessing me with this, that I give it with a free heart, open hands, because I love God and I want to honor Him. Not paying lip service. Look how tiresome it is. And you disdainfully sniff at it. Should I receive it from your hand, says the Lord? But cursed be the swindler who has a male in his flock and vows it, but sacrifices a blemished animal to the Lord. For I am a great king, says the Lord, and my name is feared among the nations. Do you bargain with God? Look at this guy. I'm going to give the best. Come offering time? Where's the ugly one? Let's give that one. He wanted to do the best. At least he said so. But then, he didn't give it. Many times we bargain with God. God, if you only do this, this is what I'm going to do. And God does it, and guess what? You're still not doing what you promised to do. We do not honor His name. We do not revere His name. We do not respect His name. When we say we're Christian and we live our life like we are not Christian, that's dishonoring to God as well. Yes? When you say you obey your parents, yes, mom, yes, dad. The same thing. Honor your father and mother so that your life may be prolonged. This is the first commandment with a promise so that it may be well with you when you enter the land I'm giving you. See, we should really obey with joy. When we honor God, when we honor each other, we do it with joy. See, this is what John the Beloved says in his epistle in 1 John chapter 5. Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. So how is one saved? How, is, how does one become a child of God? Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. Yes? Whoever loves the father loves the child born of him. So you're supposed to love God and then what? Love one another. If you have the Lord Jesus Christ, you are born of Him, you are born of God, therefore I am supposed to love you, as is, where is. Because God has received me, as is, where is. By this we know, we have love. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God, and we observe His commandments. So I cannot say, that I am a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ and live a life of disobedience to His commands. Because the proof of the pudding is in the eating. If I say I love God, it means that I obey God. Don't say that you love God if you're not willing to obey God. Because the love language of the Lord Jesus Christ is love. If you love me, you will obey my commands. So don't pay lip service to God and say, I love God, and you are not willing to obey Him. That's God. It's not me. For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments, and His commandments are what? Not burdensome. They are not burdensome the commandments of God are for our good the commandments of our God are for our protection the commandments of our God are so as we obey because we love God 
the blessing comes. We don't look for the blessing. We already have the biggest blessing. And what is that? Salvation through the Lord Jesus Christ. And as we live out a life of obedience, as we obey in joy and with joy, guess what? God will bless you. Pastor, prosperity yan. I think you're preaching prosperity gospel. Read your Bible. Because God Almighty himself said, I present before you a blessing and a curse. A blessing if you obey. A curse if you disobey. So am I preaching prosperity or not? No. Because that's what the Bible says. You and I can expect blessing when we obey. But don't run after the blessing. Run after God. Don't run after the blessing. Run after the blessor. Because if you become intimate with the Lord Jesus Christ, the things that you see or think are not blessings, they really are blessings. And even the trial and the problems that God allows to come our way are what? They are blessings. Oh, how? They are meant to improve your character. God allows them so that you and I can be conformed to the image and likeness of our Lord Jesus Christ. We already have the greatest blessing, the free gift of eternal life. Look at this verse. My question this morning, number one, have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ The answer is yes. The next question is this. Are you living a life of obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ? It should not be a life that is tiresome of obeying. It shouldn't be a life that you curse. Why do I have all of these rules, these do's and don'ts? It should be a life of obeying with joy. Because God's commands are not burdensome. Honor your father and your mother. For this is the first commandment with a promise. That you may live long in the land that God is giving you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you. We want to thank you, Lord, for giving your best. Your best was your son, Jesus Christ. And he obeyed. He obeyed with joy. The book of Hebrews reminds us that for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame. He did that for us so that we could experience eternal life through him. And you want us to obey out of love. You want us to obey you out of joy. You want us to honor you, honor our parents, honor one another, honor our leaders, honor authorities, Lord. And when we do this, Lord, out of joy, we reflect and we show to the world that we are yours. God, will you help us? Will you give us the grace? To obey you with joy. Because when we do this, Lord, we honor your name. We glorify your name. God, if there is anyone here this morning who does not have a personal relationship with you, will you through your Holy Spirit, Lord, speak to that person and tell that person that you love him or her unconditionally and that through Jesus Christ and Christ alone there is eternal life 
Will you speak to us, Lord, who already profess that we are your children and followers, but we give you our leftovers? God, will you give us the spirit of conviction in our lives to give you our best? Because this honors you, Lord God. Forbid that we only pay lip service just by being here. Allow us, Lord, to worship you from a grateful heart. And we will be careful to give you back all the honor, the glory, and the praise. Because we come to you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Have a blessed Sunday, everyone. God bless. As I already introduced in the message, we have the offering box at the back. We do not pass the offering plate here at CCF. And let me remind you that when you give, give with a cheerful heart. God bless everyone.